That was a challenge. All right. Well, we're going to be reading tonight Psalms 31, I believe. So if you'd like to read, you're sure welcome to do so. Psalms 31. All right, so it looks like there's 24 verses, so eight verses apiece, okay? You can start us out there, Sister Kaylee. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear unto me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock, for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Amen. Thank you, sister. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to my acquaint mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of, out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from, thy, from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save, save me for thy mercy's sake. Yes, am I. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee for the sons of man. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me in his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Amen. Yes. Thank you, my brother. All right, Colossians chapter 1 here tonight as we just continue on in the study of Colossians. Uh, in chapter 1 we are, and as we move forward and move through, we pray to be a help to you. It has for me already, and I want to preach on a thought here tonight on all things, all things. Now, we see that in the Scripture in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. We'll read down to verse 18 tonight and then uh, give you what our thoughts are. Here in verse 16, for by him were all things, uh, there's that term, says created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. I hope you see that. All things is pretty important in these first three verses father we come to you in jesus name and lord we ask you for the help of the lord we pray that you give us the guidance and wisdom understanding clarity 
God, I pray that you give us a hunger for your word, a thirst tonight, dear God, for righteousness. And we ask you tonight, Lord, that you'd save the lost and you touch the saved. Pray, Father, for those there this morning, this evening, dear God, that are hurting or diseased or sick. I pray you touch their bodies. God, give them help, give them relief from the pain and hurt. I pray for those tonight, dear God, who are just crossways with you and God, just cold and indifferent. We pray, Lord, should speak to them and warm them up here tonight. We ask you now, Lord, for those that love you, walking with you, God, that living their lives, dear God, uh, in the vibrancy of our Lord and the spirit of our God, Father, should continue on tonight, dear God, to help them. God, encourage them, give them joy, give them strength tonight to, to live another day, another week, another year. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Amen. You might be seated. And so we find here in Colossians chapter 1, uh, in verses 16 to 18, four times is that word all things mentioned. And so we can sum it up tonight by the word all things. What does that really mean? And uh, so that word there, uh, or those two words mean whatsoever. And so if you're in terms of, of understanding all things, you can use the word whatsoever. And so we can bring up to anyone tonight or to ourselves and say, whatsoever is all things. And then also, it's whomsoever or whosoever. So tonight, it's this not, when you usually use the term things, like people are not things, and so you don't say that those are things, uh, nouns are what, person, places, and things. And so tonight, uh, this word though, or these two words, all things, mean whatsoever, it means whosoever. So it's talking about people. It's talking about things. It's talking about everything, anything. The word also means any. So when the term all things is used, he's saying any. It also means every. And so there's, there's nothing at all that all things doesn't contain or all things doesn't touch or connect. All things is the whole. So whatever the whole is, it's all things tonight. And I just want to kind of give us an idea uh, tonight about all things. And you kind of think tonight, what is all things? What is it? And you could probably think about a million things tonight and say all things is. I, I labeled a few or put down a few. I thought about the comprehension of all things. The comprehension of all things. And there in that verse 16, he, he says that, that all things that were created that are in heaven. And so all things in heaven tonight. Everything in heaven tonight would be considered whoever, whosoever, or it would be whatsoever. It could be tonight the, the things of heaven in the third heaven, in the second heaven, in the first heaven. It could be the all things in heaven like the galaxies or the stars or uh, the planets, the sun, the moon. It, it may be heavens tonight uh, in which we're speaking of the, the golden, the golden uh, streets, the pearly gates. Uh, we talk about uh, the, the river that flows from the throne of God. Uh, we can think about any creations that are the beast or those that are there, cherubims or seraphims or or any other angels or, or any other things tonight as we can think of in heaven would be all things and whoever's in heaven and whatsoever's in heaven, uh, it would be all things. But not only that, but he says also in verse 16, all things in earth, in earth. And so we find uh, now on the earth in which we live, uh, you can just look around and you can say all things is everything that you touch, everything that you see. Everything that you come in contact with, everything that you might taste, everything that you might hear, everything that you might uh, have a part in or part with. And so all things is anything tonight that you might find on earth or in earth, in heaven. But then he goes on and says all things that are invisible. So all things tonight that are invisible, you might not be able to see them, but they're all things. So all things invisible tonight. Uh, would would uh would be part of this term all things then things visible things visible things you can see things that you can 
touch or things that you can smell or things that you can uh, look upon that are visible. And so visible, invisible, heaven, earth. And then we also know that all things that are in authority, we see in verse 16, they be thrones. So if you think about a throne tonight, I know that, that many have thought about uh, the queen that has died and uh, that uh, is all over the world. It seems like there's much coverage of that and everywhere you go. And so, uh, uh, but you think about a throne. You think about now the king, King Charles is going to take over there and on the throne. And so all thrones, all things is considered that. And we find uh, authorities such as dominions. That's speaking of evil spirits, speaking of uh, principalities. Uh, tonight, uh, it speaks of it speaks of, of demons or evil spirits or, or powers of that nature, uh, spiritual wickedness and things of that nature. It's all things. So we're, we're talking about things in heaven that are good, things, about, or things on earth that, that we can see, and then things that are evil, things that are, are powers and dominions and, and even principalities tonight that wouldn't be so kind or wouldn't be so likable. Uh, even those things tonight are all things. And so we find as well, it's all things in life. All things, he says in verse 16, last portion, all things were created by him and for him. And so all things in life. And so we think about marriage. Think about marriage tonight. Marriage is an all thing, right? And so uh, let's not overlook that tonight. I know we looked at heaven and earth and and principal principalities and thrones and dominions and and we look at things that are visible and invisible but tonight a marriage isn't all thing right so in life marriage is part of life it seems to some not all but the most it is and so we think about after marriage though children children's all things all things tonight but after children tonight or within children you build a family and so tonight a family is all things not only that tonight, but in life we work. That's all things. The job you have. The job description you have. The opportunity that you do. The way of making money. The way of providing for your home. The way of taking care of your family. Work. Labor. All things. All things tonight as well as uh, with work you get wealth. Right? You get wealth because you work and because you save. Because you... You're disciplined with your expenses and you're disciplined with what you do with how much you make and, and uh, things that you have and you don't just spend uh, uh, as much as you want to spend or you could spend. And so there is a prudence there. There is somebody who has the ability uh, to have some wealth, right? Maybe silver, that's things, gold. It may be, it may be uh, 401, it may be savings, it may be uh, some real estate, it may be guns, it may be uh, some other uh, diamonds or anything of that nature and that way of wealth tonight, something you have and that would build your wealth or build, somebody look at you, how much are you worth or how much do you have or, or anything of that nature to be the wealth that you have. And so that's things, all things. We don't want to exclude that. Uh, all things tonight would not only exclude our marriage, and then there's children, then there's a family, there's work, there's wealth, but then the home. The home, that's, that's all things. The home, I mean, the things that are in the home, I mean, like the couch, the chair, refrigerator, dishwasher. You say, I am the dishwasher. Okay, well, you're a thing. But, you know, the, uh, the, the floors you've got, the windows you have, the air condition, the heat, uh, I mean, the microwave, the running water, the tub, the shower. I mean, all these things are just home, right? I mean, that's just what we call home tonight. That's an all thing. We find as well as things. Tonight, we got things. You know, we have like clothing. You have clothing. Oh, that's a thing. You got shoes on. Uh, you got, uh, you know, uh, things such as cars. I mean, isn't it good to have a transportation? I mean, that's nice. You may not be all what you want, but it's sure better than walking. Or bicycling, tricycling, amen. So cars, transportation, uh, things that may be like food. That's nice to have, right? I'm glad y'all have toothpaste and deodorant and, and uh, cologne and perfume and, uh, and brushes and combs and makeup, right? And uh, I mean, you know, glasses so you can see, false teeth so you can eat. 
I mean, you know, things. I'm talking about all things tonight. I don't know if I've covered it all or not. But I, I, I went all the way up to heaven, came all the way down to the earth, and we're trying to just get everywhere. Amen? And then we find with all things and home and wealth and work and family and children and marriage, you got church. Church is all things. Amen? church to come to, a church you can sing in, a church to hear preaching, a church you can pray in, a church that you can come and worship, and a church that you can give, and a church that you can have be cool when it's hot or be warm when it's cold, a, a church that you can have fellowship with one another, like-mindedness and one accord of harmony and unity and love and compassion and, and uh, church. That's all things. You know, you start thinking a minute, you, that's a lot of stuff. You know, you, you put all that together, and it's kind of mind-boggling to think. Because when you walk in here, you probably say, I'm probably poor as Job. You know, I ain't got hardly nothing. And I'm telling you, things are just not what they are to be. And, I, oh, boy, everybody else got more than I got. I ain't got everything I got. old, raggedy, and, and a little jalopy out there, and, you know, all that. But, man, when you start thinking about all things, man, we're pretty rich. Yes, we I mean, we, we pretty much, uh, we're not on the poor side at all, amen. And then the last thing I thought about all things is his health. I mean, every one of y'all ain't make a church tonight. I mean, everybody, y'all look healthy tonight. I don't see anybody. I can just see your bones. I don't see anybody here tonight. You're so big you can't get through the door. I don't see anybody here tonight that has any tubes in them. Right? I don't see anybody running around with a shot because you need some shots or something to keep on rolling and going. I mean, listen, tonight it looks like pretty much all of us are kind of healthy. Even Sister Claudia got healthy. It's from last Sunday. So we talk about health. That's all things. Health of our children, help of our family, help of each other. Tonight, health, just health. And I begin to think the comprehension of all things. Have we really just put that in perspective tonight? When you read that tonight, it says that all things by him were created. And all things in which we mention tonight is, a, is something tonight that God has created. All things. So is there anything tonight, can you think of tonight, anything that you can mark down and put in a piece, on a piece of paper and say, you know what? What isn't involved in all things? Nothing. All things is any and everything in the whole whosoever and whatsoever, all things. But I want to show you secondly, not only the comprehension of all things, but I want you to notice the creating of all things. That those things tonight that you and I can have or, or can be part of has been created. Has been created. It just didn't show up. It's not evolution. It's not the Big Bang Theory. It's not that, you know, you're driving down your street one day looking for a house and that house just happened to just show up one day. Or that car you drive just so happened to come all together. You know, all the parts and everything together just came together so that you can have it. Uh, that's not how things work today. Everything, all things are created. Now, the Bible says here in this verse, he says, The creating of all things was by his dear son. Look at verse 13. The last two words, dear son, and then there's a colon. In whom, still talking about his dear son. And verse 15, who is dear son. And then in verse 16 says, by, for by him, that's his dear son, whom all things were created. So tonight, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus, the dear son of God, created everything? That all things that you have tonight, he has created it. Whether it's all that we've mentioned of heaven, all that we've mentioned in earth, all that we've mentioned in thrones and principalities and dominions and powers tonight, or we spoke about life. Did he create your marriage? Has he created your children? Has he created your home? Has he created what you have and what you have got? Is it him that created this or did you? This is, this is a major importance tonight of all things he's created 
And in his creation tonight, he's the one. Jesus is the creator. No matter what we said, I, I could say it again, heaven, earth, invisible, in, invisible, visible, authorities, life, marriage, children, family, work, wealth, home, things, church, health. All things he created. My, that's amazing tonight that he created all those things. Now, we could go to different scriptures tonight. We won't do that, but John 1, 1, 3 says all things were made by him. Acts 14, 15 says that the living God made heaven and earth. And Acts 17, 24 says God that made the world. Ephesians 3, 9 said all things by Jesus Christ was created. Revelation 4, 11 says, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for he has created all things. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6 says this, For to us there is but one God, the Father of whom all things and we are in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things, and we by him. For we know tonight that the God of the New Testament is the God of the Old Testament. And Genesis 1-1 says, in the beginning, God. Amen? What did God do? He created the heaven and the earth. That is the greatest statement of Jesus Christ. There's no greater explanation of who he is than Genesis 1-1. When somebody asks you, tell me about Jesus, say Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And they'll drop their mouth, they'll shut their eyes or roll them, or they'll just turn around and walk off, amen, because they're not going to believe too much of that. But according to Colossians chapter 1 tonight, the greatest definition and description tonight of all things that's all been created is Jesus Christ, God. God. So that same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament tonight, and he's the creator of all things. But can I say number two, or number three? Not only is it the comprehension, but then the creator, but then the Bible says that he that this creator I've spoken of, speaking of tonight, is before all things. Look at this too, in verse 17. And he is before all things. Wow. I mean, it's enough tonight to know that we just looked at all things, and everything that's been, been made was made by Jesus Christ. But before those things, he was. He's before all. He's before heaven. He's before earth. He's before dominions and powers and principalities he's before life he's before you he's before anything and everything he's before now that's mind-boggling that that right there is that that will that will take you to a tailspin amen i mean i don't know if our little minds tonight as a human being can really comprehend and really grasp tonight uh, that jesus christ who was born in Bethlehem unto a, unto a virgin named Mary, was before creation. But can I just say this? That tonight the truth is Jesus was before creation. He was before it. When there was nothing made, when there was nothing there, He was there. Hey, he was even before time. When, you know when time started? You don't. But when time started, he was before it. Well, he is before not only creation, but he is before the time. He is before tonight. There's not even a word to explain what he's before. Just whatever you say tonight, you can say it, and I can tell you he's before it. Whatever it is tonight, he's before. Well, this right here ought to make you fall down and worship Jesus tonight. This ought to make you have a fear of Jesus tonight in your heart. Tonight, this right here ought to make you follow him and love him and cherish him tonight. This ought to make you tonight say, listen, I have Jesus Christ in my heart who's not only the creator of the world, but he was before the creation of the world. Man. There ain't nobody in all the world that can make that statement. 
There ain't nobody in all the world that can say something about someone else about that. Jesus Christ alone tonight is the one who's before creation. He's before time, but he's before everything. Everything. You said, has there ever been a time when Jesus wasn't? No. He said, before Abraham I was. He said, he said that the Lord, he said to the Father, as it was before, so I, my glory shall be with yours in John 17. I'm just saying tonight, he's before everything, for time and for creation. The creator is before. The creator, he created all things. The creator tonight controls all things. Look at verse 17. I know this is probably a boring message to you tonight, but it's exciting to me. It says, by him all things consist. All things consist tonight. All that means tonight, it's not very big, I don't guess, but it is pretty powerful. That word, all things consist, means he just holds all things together. Isn't that good? To know tonight that Jesus holds all things together. Have you ever thought about earth? Who's holding earth in space? Who, who has, I mean, you have this earth. There's no strings attached. There's, no, there's nothing at all that's, that's causing earth to just stay right where it's at, is it? I mean, there's, no, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing at all if you kind of look at it and, and look in, in, in any kind. If you get a, a real long, I guess it would be a, a, a telescope. And uh, you just search it out right there, and you look from you look at Earth, and you see Earth, and you go all the way around it, and it, it's round, it's circle, and you go all the way around it, and there ain't nothing at all attached to it. But it's sitting right there, and it's sitting like in the space, and it's just there, and it's not moving. Wow, that's crazy. And as it's sitting there tonight, you have stars, and you have moon, and you have sun, and you have Jupiter, and you have Mars, and you have Neptune, and you have Saturn. And uh, only God knows what else out there in the galaxies, right? I mean, they're so far that the man hadn't even received that information, right? I mean, we think we know everything about everything, but we really don't. And so we, we, we get to the moon. We, we get to the moon. They say we got to the moon. And so we get to the moon. We act like we're smart. And that ain't nothing there. I mean, we, we, think about, we think about all that's going on, all that's taking place. Why doesn't the earth run in to Jupiter or to Mars? Why, why, why is there no collisions? Why tonight does the earth tonight uh, in its axis and its degrees, uh, why does it stay right there? And it's what, 23 degree axis? Why does it do? Why, why do you think tonight that, that the, the oceans tonight, say down in Gulf of Mexico and Galveston, why don't it just come over? Isn't it weird? You ever been down there? Oh, yeah, we've been down there. You go down and you watch and you stand right there and it come up and it come up so far and it go back. I mean, good night. Who's doing that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, the rain, why don't it just rain all the time? Or why does it rain none of the time? Who makes it? You ever looked at a cloud? How did that get there? You ever wondered that? You ever think about wind? Where's it coming from? Where's it going? How will it ever come again? I'm just saying tonight, it's, it's just miraculous and it's just overwhelming and then you take, if you go into the atoms, which I'm not at all going to do that because I don't know nothing about that. You go into bodies and how, how bodies are made and how bodies work. And, you, you know, I've always thought about this. You have, a, you have a heart that's beating, right? Where's your battery to keep that beating? You ever thought about that? I mean, if you're going to get a car to start, you're going to have to have a battery to get it going, right? So how does your heart get going and how does it stay going? You got an alternator up in there keeping that thing running? How about the blood flow? How about, how about the blood? How does it just keep on going? 
How does it keep working tonight? I, you just go to maybe like a bee, or you go to something even smaller than that, to like an ant. And you look at the construction of an ant and all that it's made. And even reptiles, fishes, I mean, we can just go all, all night. All I'm trying to say tonight is this. It's Jesus that keeps all of us and all of that together. They say it's gravity. That's what they say. That's all they know because they're ignorant. But it's Jesus tonight that keeps and holds all of it together. How do you think Russia is still in charge with Putin? How do you think tonight that that uh, the UK and they say the Queen died, ninety-six years old? Who do you think's in charge of that death? Well, now it's going to be old King Charles. Well, who do you think putting King Charles in there? Who you think tonight over there in North Korea or even in China? Or even, you know, we could all say, boy, we wish old Trump was still in president of the United States of America. We got this fellow Biden here, you know, and, and they're talking about maybe him getting out maybe in 2022 down here after the elections, you know, because he just can't speak right or he can't talk right or he can't get it all together and, uh, you know, all these kind of things. But have you ever thought who's holding that together? It's little Jesus. Listen, tonight, we, we can just, just come to a conclusion and come to a, a comfort to know that it, Jesus is holding it all together. He's making it all work. He's got it in a working, working area and working abilities. It's not going to, you know, we got these people who say that by the end of, what, 2030 or something, the whole world's going to melt down. Because of global warming? Is that, is that the date, 2030, Brother Charles? You know the dates. AOC said that. She said we got only 12 years left. Some years ago, I think it's 2030. And by 2030, because of global warming, uh, we're, we're, it's just going to burn up. And everything's going to go, all, everything's just going to go to trash and, and all that kind of stuff. But let me ask you a question tonight. Do you really think tonight that God has created an earth, Jesus, for it to just explode one day, he's got it all together. AOC don't have it together. He's got it together. Jesus tonight, he is the one who is the one who holds it together. He works properly. Tonight, everything that he has created, all things work properly. Because he's the one who is holding it together. Amen. And boy, that word there is a good word. It says things consist. That means works properly. Everything God's ever made works properly. God don't make broke. When God created you, he didn't create something broken. He created you fearfully and wonderfully. You are exactly how you are to be. Don't go get a new nose. Don't get a new cheek. Don't get removal of a chin to stop eating so much. Don't get a remove of a hip and a remove of a thigh and a remove of an arm, remove this, that, and the other. You are who you are. God made you that away. Just be disciplined. Take care of yourself. Amen? I'm just saying. That word, that word also means continues on. When the Bible teach, teaches that, it's that all things consist, it means that he's just moving on, moving on. Another term is used in Hebrews chapter 1, and there in verse 1 tonight. Uh, let me read this to you, another great passage of Scripture uh, tonight. Hebrews chapter 1, and there in verse 3, it says, And being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by his, by the word of his power, upholding is another term. Tonight is the same term as this other. It means tonight that the existence and the order and the arrangements are all depending upon the Son of God. Let me say that again. The existence, the order, and arrangements is all depending on the Son of God. If it wasn't for the Son of God tonight, if it wasn't for Jesus tonight and sustaining and maintaining uh, tonight, nothing would exist. 
Nothing at all can exist without him. It would be created and then it would just be destroyed. Everything would be disorder because he's the one who places it in order. So without Jesus, it's disorder. Without Jesus, it's non-existent. And without Jesus, it's unarranged. He arranges every single thing. He arranged your birth. He arranged your death. He arranges your life. You're not at Glory Baptist Church by accident tonight. It's on purpose. Tonight, you don't do what you do and live where you live and act as you act uh, as if it's just some kind of haphazard way of life. Tonight, he is in very much in charge. Now, scientists, they still haven't discovered yet. What is the force keeping the earth from the sun and being burned up? They still haven't figured that out. The only word they can call it tonight is gra gravity or gravitation. It keeps the universe together. The force that makes all things work together is gravitation, gravitation, gravitation. But it's not. It's Jesus. Because who made the gravitation? He did. So God calls it Jesus tonight. What does he do? Well, he just controls all things. Number four, that he's the creator, and the creator is first in all things. He's first in all things. The Bible says in verse 18, says, and that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now here's the real preaching tonight. If we all agree that he's creator of all things, and we all agree that he's the creator, Jesus, we all agree that he's the one who makes all things consist or upholds all things. The tonight, the only place he must hold and can hold is the place of preeminence. Right? Preeminence. And if he's not tonight, then you don't know him. Tonight, you don't have him. And tonight, you're lost without him. He'll be in no other place tonight except the place of preeminence. That's where he's at, and that's where he'll be. The word preeminent means he is the most important, the most important tonight. Jesus is preeminent because he's creator, and not only is he creator, but he's sustainer, and not only that, but he's before everything and anything he's created, and because of that, that puts him in a position and a place tonight of the most important. Let's be honest with God tonight. Is Jesus Christ the most important person in your life? Good question. It don't matter if you say yes. He knows. The word preeminence not only means the most important, but the word preeminence tonight means the utmost superior. In other words, tonight, Jesus, in the preeminence of him, he holds the highest of being superior above anyone and everyone, including yourself. The utmost superior. You can't get no more authority and more sovereignty and more rulership than him. Is he tonight in the preeminence? If he's not tonight, you don't know him. You don't have him. And tonight, that word preeminent also means not only as if he is the superior and he is the one tonight who's the most important, but it means the ultimate supreme. The ultimate supreme. Now, those three definitions of that one word of preeminence tonight holds him in such a place Above any and everything tonight that you and I can even imagine. Jesus don't become preeminent by accident. He becomes preeminent by purpose. He doesn't become preeminent without salvation. He doesn't become preeminent without faith. 
He doesn't become preeminent tonight without you making a conscious choice that I will place him personally above and beyond and to the utmost superior, supreme, and most important individual in my entire life for all the rest of my life. Never a time is he less than being preeminent. Jesus. Wow. All things. All things. Now tonight, if we would just kind of move through life as we we think about heaven. Think about heaven tonight. Now, if Jesus doesn't hold the preeminence now, what makes you think that when you get to heaven, it's going to be okay? It won't be okay. If he doesn't hold the preeminence here on earth, you won't make it to heaven. Because in heaven, he's preeminent. Amen? All of heaven tonight takes Jesus Christ, and he is superior, he's the most important, and he's the supreme. And tonight, if Jesus Christ is not that now, you're not going to die, and then he becomes that. Does that make sense? There's no sense in that. You can't have Jesus Christ not preeminent in your life now, and then when you die, all of a sudden he becomes preeminent. That's stupid. That don't make sense at all tonight. He must be preeminent, all important, most superior and supreme right now because in heaven he is. Does that make sense? Number two, not only is he preeminent there, but he's preeminent in earth. Preeminent in earth. Tonight, as I think about Jesus and his preeminence, can you just imagine whenever he was out on the boat and that storm came up and he said to them, he said, what are you fearing for? He said, storm, be calm. On earth, preeminence. He said to the rain, stop. And it did. Oh, my. He said, he said, listen, I want you to go down. He said, and I want you to get this donkey. He said, when you get there, you tell the owner of the donkey that Jesus said. Wow. They're out there fishing all night long, not catching anything. Jesus shows up. He said, cast it on the other side, and they cast it on the other side, and it got so full, two ships almost sunk. Fish. Preeminent? The fish, even. The donkey, even. The storm, even. The water, even. They were out there, and they were questioning, you know, how to give to Caesar, who did give to God, which one you do that, and all of a sudden there's a coin in the fish's mouth. Preeminent. Jesus decides to go out there and just walk on water. Can you imagine tonight the water who has the creator, the one who is superior and supreme and most important, walk on you? You come together, friend. <laughs> Woo! All I can say tonight is Jesus is preeminent. In heaven, he's preeminent on earth. And tonight, if he's not preeminent in you, you don't have him. And you don't know him. And friend, you're going to be some miserable on this side. We can go all night on the miracles. We're not going to do that. Number three, not only is he preeminent in heaven and earth, but he's preeminent in life. In life tonight. Is Jesus tonight preeminent in your home life? In your home life? Is Jesus preeminent? Do you think about Jesus and his spirit, 
superiority and his supremacy tonight as the most important person in your home. When you turn on the TV, is he the preeminent one of what you watch? When you listen to music, can you imagine saying, Lord, you're, the, you're preeminent in my heart. You're the most important person in my life. And then you listen to music and it speaks of the devil. It speaks of the world. You say, I like it because it's the oldies. It's classic. It brings me back to the day. Oh, there were good days. You don't know them. You don't know them. Because when he becomes preeminent, those days don't mean nothing anymore. It's only the days where he's preeminent in that matters. The old things to do, the old friends, the old ways. Home life. Is you're in your home tonight, does Jesus hold preeminence? Is he the most superior and supreme, the most important person in your home? Is he? How about in your marriage life? How about in your marriage? Is he the preeminent one? Is he the one that's superior and supreme? Is he the most important one between you and your spouse? You know, can I just say this tonight? He's created marriage. And if he's not going to be preeminent in it, guess what happens to that marriage? It falls apart because he's the one who upholds it. He's the one who sustains it. He's the one tonight uh, that can take an individual that was born in a certain time at a certain place and a certain parents. And they were brought up in a certain way. And they were told this is the way that you're brought up. This is how you're supposed to live. This is how that you're going to do. And this is what you're going to do. And so mom and daddy teaches those children who to look for what to look for, what to do, how to become successful, how to become a man, how to become a woman. And now they send them forth and send them off. And on the other side, you have a woman who was raised with a different set of parents, a different place, a different culture, and a different ways, different foods, different thoughts, different everything. And, boy, this one here has been brought up, not like that one's been brought up. And all of a sudden, they're in their way of life, and they see each other, and they fall madly in love. Now, how in the world can this one and this one get together and live together? Two different minds, two different ways of life, two different upbringings, two different thought processes and patterns of life. How can two to come together unless God puts them together? And then unless God sustains them. But he's got to be preeminent in your marriage. Too many of y'all are worshiping each other. Too many of y'all are not looking at each other saying, listen, it's God that's preeminent. Jesus Christ is preeminent in my marriage. And why I love you like I love you is because I love him more. Amen. And the reason why I do what I do for you is because I do it for him. And the only reason I come home every night, and every time I come home, you got something to eat, is because I'm doing what he wants me to do. It's all about him. And what I love you, or what I do for you, or how I handle you, or how I treat you, or how I live with you, and all that I do and say, friend, if it's not about him tonight, you've got a marriage that's going to be lost. And a marriage that's not going to be, and you're just going to live with each other, in your own raisings. Because Jesus is not sustaining. Is he preeminent tonight in your marriage? He can be. You don't have to leave here tonight where he's not. You are. She is. But in your marriage tonight. In your home life. How about your family tonight? How about in your parenting tonight? Is he preeminent in your parenting? Or are you the man in charge? Are you the dictator on the road? Are you the one over the address? I make the bacon. I bring home the dough. I make the choices. I'm the one who's in charge. He either like it or lump it. He don't like it, leave. I'm the man. Is that you? <laughs> that don't sound like Jesus is preeminent in that home. 
Oh, hey, listen tonight. Can I say here in your parenting, does your children know that why you do what you do is because of him? Why you get up and go to work and why you come home and discipline them and why you feed them and clothe them and give them health care and why you send them to school and teach them and guide them and lead them and love them. Why do you do that tonight? Because of him. See, when you do it when he's preeminent, then they'll have the right raising. If you do it when he's preeminent tonight, you'll have the right marriage. If you do it when he's preeminent tonight, you'll have the right home life. The majority of times tonight, Jesus is not preeminent. And that's why parenting is horrible. And that's why we raise monsters. And that's why we raise losers. And that's why we raise people tonight that are ignorant of the things of God. Because God, Jesus, is not preeminent in our parenting. That's why tonight we get married once, twice, three times, four times, and lifetimes. Because Jesus is not preeminent. Do you really think tonight that if Jesus was preeminent that there would be a divorce? Answer is no. No, not if he's preeminent. How about work life? Is Jesus preeminent in work life? I hate my job. I wish I could get a new one. I don't make enough. I tell you what, I'm just going to work eight hours and and that's all I'm going to do for them. If they ask me to work another hour, I'm not going to do it. Is he preeminent? If Jesus is preeminent in your life tonight, you'll work for him. If he tells your boss, give them two more hours overtime, because I know what's coming up, the light bill is going to be a little higher next month. And you tell your boss, hey, take this job and shove it. He ain't preeminent. For if he was preeminent, you say, yes, sir. I'd do exactly what you asked me to do. Two hours, I'd do two hours. Not knowing that God, if he's preeminent, is providing for you for something that's coming in the future that you don't know nothing about. Oh, no, but see, when he's not preeminent, it's all about me. I'm tired. Other people are doing this. I do that. They get paid more than I do. Shut up. Right? That's how it works. But when he's preeminent, man, good work life. Good family life. Good home life. How about pleasure life? We all got to have pleasures, don't we? Some people like riding motorcycles for pleasure, right? Brother Keith with Brother Jimmy. Y'all pray for Brother Keith. His motorcycle broke down. It's in another, another town. He's two, two and a half hours away. He's got to go get it. That's why I don't have motorcycles. They break down. People like, people like hunting. People like fishing. People like golfing. People like just going to the beach. People like doing nothing. Some people like going shopping. People like just window shopping. You know, people just like walking around the park. Some people just like, you know, whatever. Is he preeminent? And your pleasure, is he preeminent? See, if he's not preeminent in your pleasure, you're going to do the wrong pleasure. Because sometimes tonight, it may not be sin in the pleasure that you're doing, but tonight it's a weight that is weighting you down. And when he's preeminent, you'd be free from that. I remember when I was, when I was younger, I loved playing basketball. And uh, I had to work a second shift. And there, all these guys on, on the second shift with me. And we would go to work like at 11 o'clock at night and get off at 7 in the morning. And all during the shift, you know, they're talking trash about how they're going to whoop and beat and all this kind of stuff and basketball. So I say, well, all right, fellas, we're just going to stop talking and we're going to start playing. And so we get off at 7 o'clock. We met at the park at 8 o'clock. And I get out there and play. And you start playing basketball. You know, next thing I know, it's 12 o'clock. Debbie's calling me, where are you at? You know, how long are you going to play basketball? You know, you, you're going to be tired. And, you know, I was young during those days. I don't get tired, you know. <laughs> anyway, he got one day a week. He got two days a week. He got three days a week. He got four days a week. Next thing I know, I'm praying all the time. 
finally, you know, I just had to come to the conclusion what I was doing, playing basketball, wasn't sin, but it was hurting my family. Brother Richard called me one day. He pastored at Cornerstone Baptist Church. Uh, Y'all know Brother Richard? And he, he called me one day. He said, Brother Larry, he said, I love to hunt. He did, man. Every time hunting season, he was gone. He'd get through preaching on Sunday night or Wednesday night. He'd go hunt for Thursday and Friday and come home Sunday or come home Saturday and, and preach on Sunday. Then, then he'd go hunting again during hunting. He said, he said man, he said, uh, God just spoke to my heart. He said, I know hunting ain't a sin. He said, would you go with me to, to up here to uh, the brown trucks? What's the brown trucks? UPS. UPS. Would you go up here to UPS with me? He said, I'm shipping my, my gun. My deer rifle, I'm shipping it to my cousin down in Minnesota. He said, i got to get rid of it. Why did he have to do that? Because it was a weight upon him, and it was a pleasure. You know, tonight, your phones, your phones tonight, it may not be a sin you look at Google for six hours, but while your family and your spouse and work in the home and things need to be done, are not being done because you're on your phone. Pleasure is God preeminent. Get it together, church. We got to find out all things. Is he preeminent in all things tonight? And then lastly, how about your church life? Is he preeminent in your church life? In other words, tonight, are you here because somebody asked you to come? And that's the only reason you're here. He's not preeminent. Tonight, if you're here and you want to leave and you want to go, you don't bring your Bible. You don't dress as you come into church. You dress as you're going to a mall. Or you dress as you're going out with your friends. Or you dress as if you're, you know, going to cut grass or you're going to go on vacation, but you're not dressed to come to church. Tonight, you didn't come with a mind to worship. You didn't come to the mind to listen. You didn't come to the mind to participate. You didn't come with the mind that I'm going to be a partaker of church tonight. I'm just here by presence. My heart's not here. My mind's not here. And when you say amen, go home, I'm going to hit the door as fast as I can because I'm ready to get out of here. You're not, he does not preeminent in your life. Don't fool yourself tonight. You don't know him. And he don't know you. Friend, for everyone who he's preeminent in church life, you'll hear every time there's the preaching of God's word. Every time there's assembling of together. Every time there is someone who's going to be singing the things of God. Or you can sing or you can pray or you can give. Because see, it's about Jesus Christ. And next Wednesday we'll talk about that because the church is mentioned for the first time. We're going to talk about the church next, next Wednesday. But tonight, church becomes of something off the chart for you. Because church represents the very body of Christ as he's the head. And every song and every message and every sermon and every prayer is always about him. Why would you not be in church? Because you want to. Because he's preeminent. Tonight we can find. That in these scriptures here. It brings great conviction on our hearts. It brings it on mine. And my prayer tonight. For me and for you is this. It's Lord I ask you. To show me tonight. In what area of my life. That you're not preeminent in. And when you show it to me. Give me the strength and the ability. To change. And to make sure that whether it's my home life, it's my family life, it's my work life, pleasure life, church life, that you are preeminent. Because if not, we'll take, for example, a marriage. Is that you was before the marriage. You were the one who created the marriage. And you're the one who's going to sustain the marriage. And if you're not in my marriage, then my marriage is horrible. And my marriage is hard. And my marriage is hopeless. Because you're not the preeminent one in it. And you can apply that to every aspect of our lives tonight. I just did that one. 
all things. I pray you'll see it a little different. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. All things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, you're the creator of all things. You're before all things. You're the sustainer of all things, and you're the preeminent of all things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Anybody like that tonight, just say, I just want to be saved. Jesus has never been preeminent in my life. He's never been the most important person. He's never been superior and supreme. He never has. Oh, I prayed a prayer. I made a profession of faith. I got baptized. I joined the church. I read the Bible. I do all those things. But, man, he's never been in, in me. He's never been in that top position. And he's never been put in that place of preeminence. Anybody like that tonight? Anybody? All right. Any, any prayer requests tonight? Yeah, brother. Okay.